0: unbelievable. Support the covenant. Exodus five twenty-two and uh, the sixth chapter, verses one through five, uh, fulfilling the will of God. And uh, the will of God is a global call for my life. Someone said the other day, uh, I was, we were with someone, they just kept using the word luck, lucky, I was lucky, I was this. And finally, someone said, he doesn't like luck lucky <laughs> person thought well I don't care what he likes you just have that look here's here's what I believe I believe the Bible says the footsteps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord I am a one-track mind to believe that that's either true or not true my footsteps what is it? Well, what qualifies for righteousness? Redemption. Right. When you're redeemed, you become a righteous person in Jesus Christ. The footsteps of a righteous person or right wise person are ordered of the Lord. So I, I want to be careful that I don't let the creator hear me say, well, that was lucky. You know, it's kind of like a kid being raised in a household where mom and dad has provided everything and And the kid looks at mom and dad and said, buddy, I, you know, I want you to know the reason that I have what I have today is because of luck. You know what dad's going to think? Yeah. Luck my foot. I got up and went to work every single day. I I went out and, and, and I'm, I made the bacon and and mama here fried it up, son. not, not luck. So I, I come to that conclusion. Here's something else. I want God's will more than anything else. How about you? Why don't we pray, thy will be done on where? Earth as it is in heaven. So here's what something else I believe, just for a little foundation, that is a, a vertical relationship. I want your will. I want to rest in your will. I don't want to be in the, in the permissive will. The permissive will is nothing more than than God saying, that's not my perfect will. That's where I really want you to be in my perfect will. But I know that you're hard-headed. And I know that sometimes you're difficult. And I know that sometimes you rebel. And I know that sometimes you don't see it my way. So I'm going to let you walk into the permissive will but I want you to know that there you're going to learn a good lesson. You're going to learn a good lesson out there. And before or when you face me, you're going to say, man, I, I wish I'd have walked in the perfect will. I wish I'd have been more humble. I wish I'd have been walking closer to the Lamb of God. I just wish that's the way that it would have been. God, I want to be in your perfect will. That's, that's my goal. That's your goal, I, I trust. So I want thy will be done And then I want to know that my footsteps are directed of the Lord. And then I believe this, that my guide for my life is not my conscience. People say, well, I'm not convicted by that. (laughs) We're to be convicted by this book and what the Bible says. I taught our staff the other day in... And speaking of them, I think it's in 1 uh, Corinthians, the 8th the chapter, maybe uh, verse 9 there or so, where it says, hey, if you, if you are a person that is mature in your faith, and maybe there are things that you're not convicted of, and but others who are not strong in their faith, that they have their eye on you, and uh, they just think that you are the Mac Daddy Christian, and they see you have a behavior that say, wow, that's questionable right there. Uh, that, that could, even if you say, I'm not convicted by it, but if they see it or view it, it might cause them to stumble. And so here's what Paul was saying. doesn't matter whether you're convicted by it. If in fact, whatever it is that you're doing, Is not in the perfect will, but you're not convicted, and it hinders a young believer that's trying to grow in God, and they look at it, and it creates frustration and confusion and brings question to their walk with God. Then here's what he says, don't do it. Whether you're convicted or not, don't do it. We are convicted by the power of the Holy Spirit out of the Word of God right here, the Word of God. So we understand. And then let me say something else, just for a little foundation. If you want to do something, you can figure a way out to twist Scripture to make it work for you. You hear me? You can make it work, yeah. You can make it, if you want to twist Scripture, you want to take it out of context, you just go right ahead and do it. But listen, are you in the business of bringing displeasure and a heartache to your heavenly father? Do you desire to break his heart? Or do you desire to say, okay, I want to live for God? Here's another thing I've learned. This is a, a preface to the notes. That God doesn't appreciate murmuring. He doesn't appreciate griping, and he doesn't appreciate complaining. Well, He puts up with it. How many believe that? Raise your hand. How many of you know what it is to put up with griping? Sure, all of you do. You know? But it doesn't bring pleasure to God. But let me say this to you if you find yourself griping and complaining, do you know what the problem is? You got something in your heart you need to get rid of. Because the Bible says that when we have. The right relationship with God, that there's peace in our heart, and we just don't want to murmur and complain. Life is tough. How many agree with that? May I see your hand? It's difficult, it's trying. And serving God is this it's a discipline. Being a physician is a discipline that takes place in the lives of those who are physicians. It is a discipline. Everyone that excels in whatever sports or a profession learns the power of discipline. The will of God, though, when you look at the will of God, you say, all right, that's the global call of God on my life to walk in his will. So I say, God, I want your will. Now, are there moments in which that God's will might be that God's will and God's desire could be changed? We know out of the old testament that was true. When an individual talking about his his nephew, who was the nephew? Lot. Lot, God said, Hey, I'm gonna take him out or take him destroy. And you know that Ezekiel said, Please don't touch my nephew. You all with me, aren't you? Even for those of y'all that can't hear, you caught that. Abraham said. I'd like to change your mind. I'd like to talk to you about that. You see, God is not some dictator on his throne with his fist clenching his royal chair and saying, you're going to do what I'm going to do and tell you to do, or I'm going to strike you down. How many of you would already be dead? That's right. So God, I want your will I desire, what happens is when you're in the will of God, there are many opportunities that are there. And there's also a lot of conquest because walking in the will of God may take you down the path that Jesus walked. It was a path of up and downs. It was a path of of great accolade, of course, when he performed a miracle. But it was also a path that created challenge because people did not like him. But try this statement on for size, that you and I were made by God, for God, and until you understand that, until people understand that, their life will make no meaningful sense. Made by God, a creation from God, made for God. So here's what I know. If you want to, he says, if you want to do the will of God, if you want to walk in the will of God, you deny yourself. I made you for me, not for you. I made you that you might exalt and glorify the heavenly father. You know, here on earth, it's a short, brief period of time compared to eternity. We hear like a vapor and gone the na- Surely we can live a lifetime that is so short and get it right here on earth so that we can live for him for all of eternity when we get to heaven. What do you think about that? God, I ought to be able to accomplish that in my lifetime since it's so brief here But the encumbrance of the enemy, the encumbrance of evil spirits, the encumbrance of of the power of darkness, always weights down us. What does he desire for us to do? To lose our purpose, to forget our purpose, to become weary and well-doing, to get weighted down with the dissipation of life so that we think this life is hard. We know that life can be hard. But with Jesus, it gets sweeter every day if we are walking in his divine will. How many of you How many of you like what you want? So I'd raise your hand. I raise my hand. You want what you want. I do. How how would you like your bologna sandwich? Fried. You know? That's what I'm going to have after church tonight. Bologna sandwich. I already know what it's going to look like. I mean, how pretty can bologna be? (laughs) You know? It just is what it is. That's what I want. But I've got God that God might speak to me and say, through Sharon, go to Steak and Shake. (laughs) How many of you know what you ought to do? I think I'll pray about it, Sharon. Oh, no. I'm going to say, angel, I think you heard from Jesus. Amen. I think you heard from Jesus. And so serving God and enjoying his will can be a, a whole lot of fun. Well, can we avoid God's will? You know you can. Can you decide to disobey God's will? You know that we can. Because you see, the human will that God gave to us is a gift from God through the Holy Spirit. Now let me read this to you. It says, will is the whole man active. Will is the whole man active. I cannot give up my will. I must exercise it. I must will to obey. When God gives a command or a vision or truth, it is never a question of what he will do, but rather what will we do? What will we do? How do we respond to his will? And to be successful in God's work is to fall in line with his will and do it his way. All that is pleasing to him is a success. So, here you go. Walking in this walk with the Lord Jesus is a life of testing. You might go a little while and say, okay, no test here. Life's pretty good. Life is cozy. And if, 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 in fact, your life is cozy and you've got everything tied up in a nice, neat little, little package and you're already ready for Christmas. And you haven't been tested in a while, there's something wrong with you. According to this book, here's why I know every day you wake up and if you're running in alignment with God, you're going to have the challenges that are going to hit you and you're going to have the successes. But if you don't do that, I can tell you that you and the devil are running in the same direction because if you wake up walking with God, you and the devil are going to hit head on during the day, several times a day. Something is going to happen that you're going to do. So here we go, Exodus 5, 23. Ever since, this is once again, old boy Moses here. He said, I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, in your name. Moses to God is Jehovah right now. I went to speak in your name. He has brought trouble upon this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. What do you got to say about that? I mean, I, you caught me out in the desert. The bush spoke to me. Your spirit, you appeared. I did all of that. And I followed. I picked up and said, oh, this way is the greatest way in the world. It's best to be obedient. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Oh, yeah, thy will be done. And God, yes, you appeared to me. And it was an intimate meeting. But when I began to act on what you said act on, here's what I do know. That ever since that happened, Your people have been under severe distress, and you've not moved, even though you promised, you've not moved at all to take the burden off them. You ever have those kind of conversations with God? Lord, I gave it all. I tithe. I'm faithful. I've I've been very committed. I've walked the straight and the narrow. I've denied myself a lot of things. I've been in the choir. I've ushered. I've taught Sunday school. I've driven a bus. I've greeted. I've done, I show up for church every time the doors are open. But God, there's just this one little thing that I've been asking you for, and nothing so far has happened. Be careful. Everything only lasts for a Season. All right, everything. Moses become obedient, accepted the call, repented. He grasped hold of God's authority. He shared with the people what God had told him. Miracles had taken place, and here's what happened. Went to Pharaoh, people of God began to continue to multiply. Pharaoh's taking a look. He's intimidated. He sees and says, "Hey, they're doing a pretty good job." He gave them a quota every single day. You got to make so many bricks. And he called him up and said, Hey, I'm going to make a job change. Here it is. He said to his slave masters, I want you to no longer provide. Pharaoh's household will no longer provide the straw. Tell them they got to get their own straw and they still got to make the same amount of bricks. He went and told them and gave them that message. And it said, The people of God scattered throughout Egypt to go find enough straw, scattered. But the foreman building the project and overseeing making the bricks, they said, we're in serious trouble. We can't find the straw and make the bricks and keep the same quota. We watched some of our own be beaten because they didn't meet their daily quota. And numerous ones of those individuals have been beaten beyond recognition and beaten, and beaten and beaten and beaten. And then it gets word to Moses. And that's when Moses comes to God and said, hey, we did it your way. And the individual foremen are being beaten by the slave masters of Pharaoh. And you gave us all that talk that you were going to intervene. Well, what's happened here? And don't say you've never thought those thoughts in your own life. Don't say you've never questioned God about issues and saying, God, you know, I stretch way out here. And what's up with this? I followed your will. I did all the things the preacher preached about. I've been faithful in every area of my life to the best of my ability. And it seems like Satan has his foot on my neck. Why have you brought this trouble upon this, your people? Is this why you sent me? You see the purpose of the first point? In the will of God, in the walking in the will of God, there are those moments in which God continue until we reach the last breath that God says the maturity of your faith is important and I trust you enough to create opportunities for you to potentially be frustrated or not understand. But it's important since I have a plan for you, according to my good prophet Jeremiah, I've got a plan for you that's beyond your present level of maturity. And the only way that you're going to reach the high plane of that plan is for you to deal with this right here in a way that brings pleasure to my heart. So God has a purpose for all of it. He hit the brick wall. Here's several things I've learned. Tests are going to come whether I'm in the will of God or not. That's what I found out. I walk up and down the hospital corridor. I look and say, well, they're, you know, they're in traction. They must not, must not be following God. Oh, yeah, there's another one. Got a big old cast on that, Must not be following God. Go to another one. They're in a neck brace. They must not be following God. You know what I found out? It doesn't matter what's happened to them. My friend, it, it rains on the just and the unjust, and there are challenges that hit you whether you're a believer or not. Here's what I'm glad of. But when I get in trouble, I know in whom I have believed. I just run to him. Amen. Say, by the grace of God, God, I want to be there. It's going to come. Sometimes I'll fail. And every time I must choose to get up and try again. Knock down, talk about knock down. Wow, I can become soft and weak, or I can become very hard and bitter, or I can be both. I can get soft and I can get weak, or I can adjust the situation and say, God, Thy will be done. I don't understand it. I don't get it here. But I'm going to adjust to the situation because I know in the end, you love me. You love me. I had a friend of mine, still a friend of mine, when his girls, he had three girls He didn't have any boys, and he always kind of blamed God for not having any boys. I said, it's not God's fault. You just, you got three girls. They're wonderful girls. One of them has got the drive of of a male, and she does. But he used to send them out when they get in trouble. He'd send them out to pull weeds. going out in the yard, pull weeds. I'd look out there and be five-year-old, seven-year-old, nine-year-old. They'd be out there pulling weeds. If they didn't do it, he'd go to the door and say, hey, You're not pulling enough weeds. You know, before you spout off again and disrespectful to your mother, you remember how this weed-pulling event takes place. that, that That was his life. You know what I think? I bet they hated him. Amen? I bet if they knew how to curse, they would have cursed him. Under their breath, of course. How many of you had something against your own mom and dad when you were coming up because they didn't understand you. Anybody out there? Sure? We all do. Well, it works to the heavenly father. And the will of God is to say, God, I don't understand. So here we go. See, see the pressure reveals the strength. In the pressure. Push on the pressure. Exodus 6.1. Then the Lord said to Moses, now you'll see what I'll do to Pharaoh. Do you believe that, Moses? You'll see what I'm going to do to Pharaoh. I said, do you understand that, son? No, do you understand what I said? I haven't changed a bit. I said, you're going to see what I'm going to do to Pharaoh. You're going to see what I'm going to do to him because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. I haven't really started the process yet. Some of you have pertinent prayers that you are praying. And when you, sometimes we get weary in the prayers when you go through it, and business goes up and down. You know what I'm talking about. But you know what God says? I hadn't even started yet. Wait till I get started. Does God have to work up a good miracle? No, he can speak it, hallelujah, and just raise a finger and it comes to pass. He can turn night into day. He can heal a withered hand and he can deliver a drunk by the power of his word. Amen? That's God. You don't even know what I'm going to do to Pharaoh yet. You need to be on Team Jehovah. He will let them go because of my mighty hand and he will drive them. He will drive them out of the country. Sure. I can see it now. Pharaoh's driving the people out of his country. Sure. Just get ready. God's response to Moses. He didn't address Moses' personal accusation you got to be a pretty confident person when somebody lays an accusation against you and you don't retaliate. Did you know it? You just move on. Sometimes that's a good posture to be in. Just move on. Don't pay attention to it because you know that there'll be no rational reason that's going to be able to deal with it anyway. God keeps Moses focused upon the goal and the purpose of his situation. Moses, this is not about you. This is not about my people. This is about me. This is about my will being done. This is about my plan for the future. This is about what I see that you don't see. You'll either grow in faith and spiritual maturity because you learn the beauty of not being in control. I don't want to be in control. I want your will be done. Or you learn the situation will be impacted by, by the Spirit of God. There's an Indian doctor. He was a young doctor. He was in medical school when he was 15 years of age. His parents were actually missionaries. He, he dealt all of his young life he dealt with, being dysentery. He dealt with uh, black water fever. He dealt with malaria. He dealt with all kinds of diseases, and many times almost unto death, but you might say for some reason, the God reason, he continued to recover. But he was brilliant. His name was Paul Brand. You can Google him. Paul Brand, B-R-A-N-D, not B-R-A-N-T, B-R-A-N-D. He made a major, major uh, breakthrough in medical science because he said leprosy does its damage merely by destroying nerve endings. He came to that conclusion. It does its damage, leprosy, by destroying the nerve endings. And he said, when people lose their sensation of pain, when people lose their sensation of being tested, he said, inadvertently, it creates damage for them. He said, individuals with leprosy <laughs> unless they understand the pain and get it in their cranium they can take a splintered rake handle or wear tight shoes that creates blisters and sores are formed and infection sets in and there's not one pain signal at all because leprosy has damaged the nerves and most people he said view pain as an enemy But he said, as my leprosy patients prove, pain forces us to pay attention to the threats against our bodies. He said, every response of our body that we view with irritation, that we view with disgust and blister and swelling and fever, sneeze, coughing, especially pain, demonstrates a reflex toward health is what Moses did not understand and what many of us may not understand. That when life seems to go awry and, and when in our heart of hearts we are being tested between our ears and, and we face circumstances in the path that dips way down and we hit the pit and we just wash out. Now here's what Moses did not understand. That God was saying, I'm creating in you so that you understand what it feels like to experience those things in your life. And when you experience pain in the body, it tells you something is wrong. A fever blister cup, something is wrong. If you pull a muscle, something is wrong. If your knee hurts, go to Dr. Fisher, something is wrong. It happens. It signals something is wrong. And when in fact that God says, I allow my will in and through you to create a circumstance that might create discomfort for you. It may not be that something is wrong. It just may mean that I desire to prepare you for something better. So be careful when the ends don't meet together. Be careful when you don't understand how you behave. Be careful when you think your prayers are not being answered. Be careful when you murmur and complain about what you're going through. Be careful about hiding your head away from the reality of the truth. He said be careful about all of that because the reality is I have not forsaken you. I have not left you. I have not abandoned you. I am right there and I am with you at the present and I'll be with you you when you cross the finish line, if you don't let yourself react to the pain, you react to the heavenly Father. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Big trouble can only be handled by believers with great faith, and it often comes from the pressure that's now easier to understand. James writing in James 1 verses 2 through 4, why don't you consider it a gift, friend, when the test and challenges come at you from all sides and when faith life is forced into the open, it shows its true colors. He said, understand that. It's the work so that you become mature and well-developed and not deficient in any way. So I've learned That pressure is a a must for spiritual growth. I want to be more like you. I want to grow spiritually. Get ready for the pressure. Every situation has a purpose that I don't understand initially. Why did that happen? I don't understand that. Why did I have to go? Why was I so stupid? How did I fall into that trap? God, you could have protected me. God said, I know that I could have. I can make your life perfect. I could let you never make a mistake. I could stand in the way so that you never skid your knee, you never bruised your arm, you never had a pain in your life. But what kind of a spiritual person would you be if I protected you from everything that the devil had in store for you? How would you ever know what victory is like if you never had a battle that you could say, I overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. My God is able. He's able. Come on, go ahead and clap. It reveals my strength, finally. I like this because it's the unshakable covenant. Lori faced recent surgery, and uh, it's about the third surgery, the same thing, and uh, puts her down. And that happened this last week, Tuesday. Well, Wayne, that's her husband. He had to work, etc. And when she got home, she just couldn't do much for herself. By the way, Joe Jasso went home this afternoon. Was the last report. We all know jo- Joe Jasso sits over that pretty silver-haired lady over there. How you like the way I said that, Liz? Silver-haired lady. How am I going to get the kids to school? She said. Sharon, her mother, said, Don't worry about a thing. Don't you worry about a thing. I'll take you where you need to go. I'll set my schedule aside. Kids need delivered somewhere. I'll take care of them. She even got in the house, and the girls' bedrooms were not made up that morning. Sharon went to making the bed, and Lori said, Mom, don't clean their bedrooms. I'm trying to teach them responsibility. Sharon went ahead and cleaned the bedroom. I mean, what could Lori do? <laughs> the next day, the same thing happened. Sharon was telling me about it. I said, I'm not too old that I don't remember. You telling them, your daughters, you're going to clean that bedroom up. You can close the door now. But when you get home, you're going to get in there and you're going to straighten it up. You're going to clean it up. And it's going to be right when you're done. You know what God's saying to each of us? Hey, I've given you some responsibility that you need to manage. I've given you your environment. I've given you a covenant. What do you choose to believe? In other words, when she said to Lori, I'm going to take care of you. Lori could relax in the fact that her mama... Was gonna step in the gap no matter what. She even bought groceries. I said, Why'd you do that for? They can buy their own groceries. What kind of dad are you? You know, (laughs) that's one of those you just let go. You know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna talk about the covenant. When you sign on to follow Jesus Christ, you accept a covenant of which you had nothing to do with. It was a covenant that you didn't have a chance to to give what verbiage it ought to be. It's a one-way covenant. It's a covenant that God said, I'm gifting you with something that as an earthen, as an earthly person, you should never have. But I created you and inside you is a spiritual person that was born out of my body. And I make a covenant with that spiritual person. And I will not back away from that covenant that whatever you need, whenever I think you need it, it will be performed And you can count on it. And you know what's unique about that? When I don't walk in the perfect will of God, his covenant is still strong. Amen? When I misbehave, his covenant is still strong. When I don't get it right, his covenant is still strong. When I say, what in the world is wrong with you? His covenant is still strong. Whether I believe it or not, his covenant is still strong. Somebody say amen. His covenant gives me a covering, my friend, that I did not earn, I did not create, and I am unworthy for. But Jesus said, I'll go to the cross, I'll die, I'll go to the grave, and I'll come again. So that the covenant shall be established, not out of the Old Testament, with a brand new covenant that is born out of the blood of Jesus. Christ. For I came not to condemn the world, but I came to redeem the world and to share a covenant relationship with you that's born out of a heart of goodness and love. And so Moses, of course, in Exodus 6, 2 and 4, he said, I'm the Lord. I appear to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, but, but by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. He said, I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan where they lived as aliens. I made a covenant they did not qualify. Moses had not been privileged to have the experience of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God had made a covenant with Abraham and we know what it was. In Genesis 17, he said, I will establish my covenant, everlasting covenant with you, Be for you, for your descendants and generations to come. To be your God and the God of your descendants after you. In other words, I will be God. I'm God. I'm the ruler of the universe. I'm the creator of the universe. I give life. I take life. I control the mission. I am all powerful. Just tell Pharaoh, I am that I am. Hallelujah. I am the first and I am the last. And there is no in between. Nothing, not even a roach or an ant, moves without my eyesight on them. The covenant was revealed to Abraham in a very real way. You remember that. Come on, take Isaac, that covenant relationship. Sure, Lord, I don't understand it with my son. It's not about Moses, Pharaoh, Israelites, or Aaron, or any of those individuals. It was simply about God's covenant with his people. Listen carefully. God has a covenant with you. Whatever you're really praying about and whatever's not happening, God said, remember the covenant. Whatever might be happening and a little bumpy road in your life right now, and you're wondering, oh, God, I don't know. I, this doesn't seem right, doesn't feel right. It looks like I'm going to lose on this. God said, remember the covenant. You might be in a condition, you say, I'm really, my heart is not in tune. I'm not right in line with God. God says, that's okay. Remember my covenant. Just remember the covenant. Because no matter how far you run, there's not a place you're ever going to run to. I haven't already visited. And I'm already there because I'm omnipresent. So just remember, wherever you go, I'm there. And whatever trouble you face, I've experienced it. He said, it's about the ultimate power of God's hand. Oh, Pharaoh will release them. Matter of fact, he'll drive them out. You just watch and see. It's about the sovereignty of God. Nothing shakes him. Nothing is new to him. He's sovereign. What was the purpose of the will of God? For Moses, it was to carry out the covenant of God. And now we understand when he said to Peter, my covenant, Peter, before you were ever born, was for my church. My church, and upon this rock of the covenant relationship, I will build my church. And the gates of hell... And nothing the devil has ever thought about will shake my covenant. My covenant is the foundation because it's on my word and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And I can tell you that whatever is locked on earth will be locked in heaven. And whatever is opened on earth will be opened in heaven. And it's best opened on earth and opened in heaven. And when you fall into the covenant relationship and you say, not my will, thy will be be done I'm not complaining I'm not murmuring I'm not unhappy I'm not in a tizzy I am settled by the power and the grace of God Moses realized that God's will for him was bigger than his own need and when he came to the realization that really meant something into Moses life What a privilege it is to be in a covenant relationship in the will of God, walking in His way, and to one day hear Him say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Amen? Let's give the Lord a hand clap before you stand. You might stand to your feet when Moses did not know that in this particular encounter and he's talking to God, get this now, he's talking to God. He said, Hey, it seemed like more troubles come since we did it your way. What Moses did not know is 12 to 15 months from that time, he would take a rod. And he would stand at the water's edge of the Red Sea. And God didn't say, say hocus pocus dominocus. He just said, you go out there 12 to 15 months after this and just stretch the rod out. You don't have to do a thing except be obedient. But had Moses not learned the lesson that he learned Here in our text, he would not have been qualified to take the rod and hold it out to the Red Sea. And he watched as the sea parted. I want to do two things. I want to be careful how I live now. Because we're all going to face that Red Sea. I just want to be sure when I face it, I've got the rod of the covenant to stretch out there. And know that it's going to take place. He will do the impossible. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment in time. I have a strong burden on my heart for those that are looking and listening online, God. Some of them are weary. Some of them are on the other side of the world. People listening in Russia. Listening in Spain. Listening in the Dominican. Listening in Canada. Listening in all places around the world. Some listening in Lakeland, Florida right now. But God, my prayers, you burden me. Someone that's listening right there online. You're about to redeem. God, you don't have to prove yourself to anyone. All you have to do is just be who you are, God Jehovah. But would you help people that are listening right now be able to tuck that faith moment in their heart to believe that as misty as things might be right now, that there is a future when the prayers will be answered and a future when the miracle will knock on their door and say, here I am, just as the covenant promised in the name of the Lord Jesus. In this room, God, we ask you to convict us all. We ask you to pick us up sometimes by our own bootstraps. We ask you by the anointing of the Holy Spirit to give us the humility in our heart to simply lean on you and to give it up and not give ourselves permission to do anything other than have a pure and clean heart that we don't give ourselves permission to tuck bitterness in part of our heart or tuck hateful ways in our heart, but we have, God, we have not that permission but to simply say, Lord, open my heart. Thy will be done. Thy will be done in my life and in my family and let me receive and accept. Let me have your blessing and your favor. But let me also not worry about it when challenges come because you're in control. Just in case someone might be here, someone might be listening, would you repeat this prayer with me, everyone? Dear Jesus, Jesus. I have sinned. I made mistakes. I made a mess of things. I I have erred, and and I am sorry. I realize, Father, there are consequences, and I trust you that you'll walk me through and give me the faith and give me the understanding and give me the patience to be able to stand strong. I desire your will, not my will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If, if you need prayer and God's speaking to your heart, this is where action and faith get together. We're going to pray. We're going to believe God but as we sing this song. Let the Holy Spirit, just let the Holy Spirit minister and give you the touch that you need by the authority of your word. Just let it happen right now. So let's sing right now and let God move. Can we do that? Let's sing together. Here we go. If you need prayer, you come right here and right now, okay? Here we go.